is going on everybody welcome in to another edition of the daily energy news beat stand up here on this gorgeous thursday december 14th 2023 as always i'm your humble correspondent michael tanner coming to you from an undisclosed location here in dallas texas joined by the executive producer of the show the purveyor of the show and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website energynewsbeat.com Stuart turley my man how we doing today that's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And I'll tell you what, it's wild out there, man. Hey, you, got, you got an excellent menu for us lined up. First up, we're going to cover today on the show. Shell agrees to sell stake in two U.S.-based renewable energy projects. Next up, this is a, 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 a an interesting opinion piece from, uh, I'm trying to find the article here, from Reason.com. Yes, heavy regulation hurts the economy. Just look at France. Probably one of the great cover images of all times. So we'll make sure the YouTube audience gets to uh, peek at that. Um, another opinion piece is up next from our friends over at the, the, the what's this place? C3? C, C3 Solutions, Drew Bonds, class, class we, act. We love them. When climate ambitions meet energy realities, he will be on the podcast uh, later next week. So we wanted to tee up a great opinion piece. Uh, and then finally, another friend of the show over at BOE Report, Terry Edom, Bitum. Beyond combustion, how to triple oil sands value, reduce emissions, and create a substantial advanced material industry for 2% or battery plant subsidies. Um, very interesting article. We absolutely um, love T- Terry over there uh, for BOE reports. So Stu will cover all that. And then finally, missiles from Houthi-controlled Yemen target commercial tanker. That was ma- one part of kind of the two-part or really three-part news that dro- drove oil prices up. Stu's going to kick it over to me, and I will cover that price increase along with the EIA's uh, massive cut relative to what the API saw. And then we'll quickly kind of opine. uh, The Fed did come out and announce today that they're going to hold rates steady, but they did drop that they indicate three rate cuts coming in 2024. So Stu and I will go back and forth on what we think that means for the broader economy. And then we'll let you get out of here, finish up your day, finish up your week. Um, we'll We'll be off Friday. You'll be able to hear an interview with Congressman who again? Uh, Zach Nunn, he is out of uh, District 3 in Iowa, and he is a class act. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not too fond of too many politicians, and uh, he's class act. Absolutely. We appreciate the congressman for coming on. So you'll heal that Friday, and then you will get all of the weekly recap on Saturday. Uh, but before we dive into the show, guys, as always, the news and analysis you are about to hear is brought to you by world's greatest website, www.energynewsbeat.com, the best place for all of your energy and oil and gas news. Stu and the team do a tremendous job of keeping that website up to speed with everything you need to know to be at the tip of the spear when it comes to the oil and gas and energy business. Um, You can email the show questions at energynewsbeat.com. You can hit the description below, whether you're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, YouTube, if you're watching us there, hit the description below. You can find all the links and timestamps to the articles uh, and pop ahead to all of the different segments. You can hit us up dashboard.energynewsbeat.com. Um, the best place for uh, all your data and energy news combo. We're really trying to push that as kind of a product. We've got some great stuff in Q1 lined up for that one. So appreciate the feedback we get on that. I'm out of breath though, Stu. Where do you want to begin? Hey, let's run off here to Shell. Shell agrees to sell stake in two U.S.-based renewable energy projects. Michael, you know, we're doing the that deal spotlight. I almost mm-hmm. wonder if Combo Curve and Well Database would have anything on a uh, renewable project. Probably not. 
um, unfortunately, I, I mean, but we could, we, we, you know, it, it'd be nice. I, I'm the reason I bring this up in a little silly way is it might be good to go through their financials. So let's take a look at this deal first. Uh, Shell Wind Energy and Savon uh, Equity LLC subsidiaries of Shell PLC have agreed to sell partial ownership stake in two renewable projects to Infrared Capital Partners. They'll sell 60% in their Brazos Wind Holdings, a 182 megawatt onshore wind farm in Flavana, Texas. Fluvanna. Fluvanna. Uh, and uh, 50% interest in Madison Fields Class B member LLC, Madison Fields, a 180 uh, megawatt solar development in Madison County, Ohio. Hmm. Let's see. Yeah. Shell will retain 100% of the offtake. Oh, I wonder how that, I was wondering how that would handle. Mm. Shell will retain 100% of the offtake. Huh. Yeah, they got to sneak in there that Shell will be the asset manager of both these fields and projects will benefit from the Inflation Reduction Act tax credit. Uh, it just goes to show you, we don't know the financials on this transaction. So it goes to show there's there not that there's something afoot, but there's clearly some losses in here. Um, the only reason I know of Fluvana is 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 I've done some I've done some work for an oil and gas job very close to Fluvana. There's some interesting stuff there. There is a lot of wind out there. So I wonder if some of the stuff I've driven by is actually those fields, but, but no, it, there, there's, there's clearly going to be some losses being hide here, or there would have been a really fat dollar sign on this, uh, you know, on this agreement. Well, you know, you, uh, you are such a financial beast that I think that with all of our requests for our deal spotlights, this would be kind of interesting. I would love to dig through these numbers somehow. So let's go to the next to. one before you raise your hook arm. Let's go over here. I would love to have producer Andy, if you can slide in for our YouTube pictures. <laughs> this man is, he's one of the most rugged looking dudes I've ever seen on the planet. Got some good looking hair, got a good dark thing, and he's holding up a gas nozzle. That is of European, and it looks like it's uh, French. On Vamos Pompey, a shell gas pump, and this, and he's in a uh, John Belushi uh, toga party outfit. Isn't that fun? It is funny. It is funny. Uh, so, can you imagine going trick or treating, holding that thing, that thing that looks like a, a gun to your head? <laughs> no, yes. um, don't delude us, Brutus. Just died. <laughs> <laughs> Heavy regulations hurts the economy. Just look at France. Um, <laughs> in the free markets of uh, Nobel laureate economist Milton Friedman have failed the country. And Joe Biden declared that Milton Friedman isn't running the show anymore. No kidding. Our regulations, uh, legislation through regulation is absolutely abysmal. French regulatory process is also covering many aspects of employment, business operations, and environmental protection. That's what's killing their nuclear they're trying to bring back. Is their They just slaughtered it. Uh, look at this. The paragraph we're under, it says right under, let's see how it's doing. Look at the U.S. GDP per capita is now 76,398. France is 40,964. The U.S. unemployment is 3.9. Uh, France's was 7.2. But That's insane a, to me. It's insane to me 
that the under that the millennial unemployment rate is 17.2%. We think it's bad here at at you know we're at 4 5 6%. Yeah. We think the numbers are skewed. They're not pulling any punches. 17.2%? Exactly. And it's showing an average of 20% in 1983. Why do you think there's so much social uh disruption over there? The youth have nowhere to go. They were sitting there and they have no upward mobility. They are definitely not going to lose. They have the open border. And then they have the youth not being able to get a job. It is regulatory issues out the wazoo. No wonder that guy looks like that. <laughs> yeah, because he's also 15 years old. So that's the other thing you have to realize. He's only 15 years old. So oh, snap. That, no was, that was a tanner funny. And I know you got the hook arm going there. I'm okay. looking at us. What's next? We got, oh, we got Captain Hook here. When climate change, if you call me Tinkerbell, I am absolutely going to go nuts. When climate bell, climate ambitions meet energy realities. Okay, I want to give a shout out to uh, Drew Mons. Yeah, he is absolutely a class act. He's over there at 3C Solutions, and he's over at Comp 28, and uh, he just got back today. We're going to record next week after he uh, gets some sleep. Anyway, this article says any transition in the world's energy system will not come from a language hammered out on the 11th hour in Dubai. <laughs> I agree. Uh, oh, Kerry was wound up because he thought nothing was going to get happened. And the way the, as the language in the communique says, the transition must occur in a just and orderly and equitable manner. After it all, it may look bad to have sessions at COP on environmentally sustainable yachts while yelling at people at developing in country. It's okay if their refrigeration is lost for days at a time. <laughs> yeah, we don't need refrigerators. It's all good. Ah, it's all good. Um, but we, so the guys over at C3 Solutions, I love them. They're one of their a policy-focused energy website, which I think is a little bit, you know, I'm always big on find your niche that you're good at and you love. They found a good niche. Oh, I'll tell you, I learned so much on my last yep. podcast with uh, Drew. He is a class act and uh, uh, follow him on, uh, you can find his news articles on c3newsmag.com. Cool, cool guy. Ed is going to be just an outstanding podcast. So let's go to the next one as I'm raising my arm up first. Okay, we both got an arm. All those in favor of going to the next show. Okay, sold. Um, bitumen uh, beyond combustion, how to triple oil sands value, reduce emissions, and create advanced material industry for 2% of battery subsidies. This is crazy. First, let me give Terry Edom out a shout. Michael, if you'll scroll down to the bottom of the article, and Andy, producer uh, Andy, if you could roll the picture out, Terry uh, sent me a book and he says, and he signed it. Stu, you are the best podcast host in the industry. Grumpy Terry Edom. That was so nice of him to sign that book that uh, it was really, really pretty cool. You know, to say I was the best podcast host. Notice he didn't put your name on there. Okay. So let's go up here to this article. Uh, what if some phenomenally large uh, energy material breakthroughs were right in front of us? Dude, I don't care. I'm energy agnostic. Yep. I'd love to say let's do it. Um, beyond combustion, how to triple the, uh, let's see here, 
we might get more comfortable on nuclear energy. The world seems hell-bent on carbon-free energy. And the only way that's going to happen is if we meet yep. 8 billion is nuclear power. Uh, I, I agree. There, it, nuclear has got to happen. Let's go where he is talking about this. Okay, so coming out of the oil sands, just a real quick uh, update on the oil sands. Oil sands, uh, when they get done with that, it is the cleanest land on the planet. So, the, I mean, Canadians do a great job. Regulatory issues up there on that. So the barrel of bitumen as a whole, the BBC white paper estimates the following benefits. If 1 million barrels per day of bitumen is sold to refineries at $50 per barrel after diluent removal, the revenue is $18 billion per year. If the same volume was used to create BBC products, the potential revenue is $42 billion. The number includes the value is plus the value of the light ends remaining at 14. Unbelievable if you take a look at how all of this could come back around. And it seems like they're, they're, they're funding it at just $30 million a year. That's how much is coming in the, the Canadian yeah. government. They could, they could have $40 billion on the table, and instead they're like, ah, we're just going to invest $30 million. It's insane. It is. It, uh, Terry Edom, I just want to give you a shout out. Um, shh, don't tell him. That was my Biden invitation again. Don't tell Terry that he's a good guy. Politi uh, I mean, it doesn't make sense. Here's some energy technology that makes sense. Yep. Anyway. And it, it, it's a way to sustainably make sure. I mean, if, if we're all about ESG, folks, this is stuff that can help. So we love Terry bringing that up. Let's all move right. to this last one because this really moved oil. This helped move oil prices today. Oh, you bet. Missiles from the Houthi controlled Yemen target commercial tanker, says the report. Um, I'll tell you, there are several choke points. Let's start with just a couple of them. Everybody knows the Suez Canal and the Gulf of Suez is up at the other end going into the Mediterranean. Mm -hmm. We have the Red Sea going along, and then Yemen is in the uh, Bab el-Mandeb uh, Strait between uh, Djibouti and Yemen. The Swabi Islands and the Yemen's Perman Island is in the middle of it. That's where this happened. That is a very short uh, strait to go through. That is extremely small. Yeah, it really is. That ship was carrying Indian manufactured jet fuel that was most likely headed to Rotterdam, which is in the Netherlands or Sweden, um, by the Amish, uh, the Amador Shipping Corporation. That's what they said in a statement. And you, you know, want to hear something these, funny? Yeah. It came, it came from Mangalore in southern India and had an, an armed crew on board. That was Russian crude coming from India because that's their inbound port from Russia. Yeah. Luckily, nobody was injured uh, in this, uh, according to the, the, the shipping company. But still, you know, that's it's something that it that, you know, came out of the Houthi official Muhammad al-Houthi al warned cargo ships in the Red Sea to avoid traveling towards Israel and to promptly respond to any Houthi attempts or uh, Houthi attempts to contact them. So, you know, what's funny is hey. prices were only up slightly today off the fact okay. of this and another piece of data that we're coming to. So the, the, the geopolitical, I think, risk that's out there right now has really never been higher. The problem is, is it really being priced into where the market is right now? I don't know. Well, let me throw that one. Uh, you, you hit on one paragraph that I want to talk about is because as they're coming out of the Gulf of Aden and they're going into the Red Sea to where they were attacked, 
you could go up to the Suez Canal and off to the Mediterranean. You're, how do you, how, did they call up ahead of time and go, hey, are you going to Israel? Uh, well, yeah, I'm going to the Suez Canal and I'm going to the Mediterranean. Boom. You know, it, they, they may not have even been going to Israel and they got attacked. Does that make sense? No, and I can hear you guys. Markets rallied pretty heavy today. S&P 500 up 1.37 percentage points. NASDAQ up 1.2 percentage points, mainly off the back of the Fed deciding to hold interest rates steady through 2023, um, also indicating three rate cuts come in in 2024. Uh, to give you guys an idea, they went ahead and kept the benchmark overnight borrowing rate um, at, a, at the targeted range between five and a quarter percentage points and five and a half. That's via the Federal Open Markets Committee. Um, which is uh, made up of the Board of Fed Governors and, and some rotating members. What's interesting is that markets rallied off this, even though we were pricing already in four rate cuts in 2024. So kind of shows you where that sentiment lies. Anything of, of value is going to help. That actually uh, rose the Dow Jones Industrial Average more than 400 points, surpassing 37,000 for the first time ever in history. To give you guys an idea, you know, this, this, you know, the, the, the market had sort of widely anticipated this decision to stay put. We are already at the highest level in 22 years. So um, nothing, nothing decision there. Um, you know, the, the famous dot plot of all the individual members expectations indicates four rate cuts in 2025 or, or another whole uh, full percentage point. And those reductions in 20 or those three more reductions that they've also pegged for 2026 theoretically would take that Fed's fund, Fed funds rate down to two to two and a quarter percentage points um, through the final two years of what they've anticipated. Um, and it, it could be even more aggressive, as Jerome Powell said in in, in, in aggressive, you know, um, you know, he'll, you know, the, the quote really that, that got everybody was inflation is eased from its highs and it has come without significant increase in unemployment. That's very good news. I don't know what world Jerome Powell is living in, but I think inflation is still pretty high, even though he did go on to say the prices were still elevated. So he's Fed speaking out of both sides of his mouth. Um, that did drive oil prices up a little bit. We did end up the day about a percent and a half off uh, the lows as we currently sit here about 530 um, on the 13th. Oil sits at about 69.95. Hopefully we can roll over to 70 in kind of that overnight trading session. Um, we also did see the EIA drop a 4.3 million barrel draw from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. That, again, in concert with that tanker off of uh, Yemen getting fired at, they go ahead and raise those uh, are the big two sentiment movers. But again, only up about 1%. Again, uh, traders were also elated that uh, Jerome Powell is going to go ahead and, and, and hopefully cut rates in 2024. So all leads work. Where do you see, you know, it, it's clear Jerome Powell speaking out of both sides of his mouth. It's what he's got to do as the, Fed, as, as the Federal Reserve Chair. Where do you see, what do you see the Fed doing in 2024, Stu? I don't think the Fed knows what they are going to do. I don't ding. think they, ding. Here's the thing. I think that they, they can't fix inflation. Inflation is beyond repair with their skill set, with their tools. I think that you will see by March them lowering the interest rate to try to help the election. That is uh, my opinion. I think January they'll hold. I think February you'll start seeing them down, downturning uh, in order to try to do anything they can to help Biden get reelected. Oh, nothing. Yeah, no kidding. So, well, we'll follow that conspiracy all the way uh, to uh, just my opinion. 
I know, I know. Um, last show of the week, though, Stu, what should people be worried about this weekend? Oh, I'll tell you, it is so great that COP is over with, and I'm de-analyzing uh, and interviewing folks, and uh, my production staff and your production staff is absolutely going to be thrilled out of their mind. They're going to have a little bit of a break before nape next year oh yeah they better uh they better buckle up for nape well it'll be fun guys well we appreciate you guys sticking with us this week uh, we have our uh, uh a podcast with uh the, what's his congress adam nunn zach nunn zach nunn we've got Bless you. zach nunn district one out there in iowa he'll be three. on the podcast friday um district three four five whatever whatever um, it's all he's the hunger cool. it's he's cool and I like Absolutely. Him. He beat me up, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> yes, he would. <laughs> yeah, he would. He put me in a choke, corn-fed chokehold. Yeah, he's military. <laughs> yeah, he'd he, 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 he take me out. Point of the matter is, guys, we've got that interview coming on Friday. You'll hear our weekly recap where we cover our top segments um, from uh, the, the week on Saturday. And then uh, we'll be off Sunday, and we will see you back in your favorite podcast platform via Monday. With that, guys, have a great weekend. For Stuart Turley, I'm Michael Tanner and the entire Energy Newsbeat team. We'll see you on Monday, folks.